The following program is intended to provide general information only, and its host, Tim Decker, recommends that you always seek competent professional guidance for financial, legal, and tax advice, as everyone's specific needs are unique. WHP Talk Radio 580 now presents Financial Freedom with Tim Decker from ISI Financial Group. A full hour of sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. Talking about This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Tim Decker here, Financial Freedom. Let me give you the phone numbers uh, if you would like to uh, reach me. Uh, If it's about you and your finances, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me here live at 717-540-0580. That's 717-540-0580. 540-0580 or 800-724-5801 that's 800-724-5801 or you can shoot me an email here live by emailing ffradio at comcast.net that's ffradio at comcast.net once again 717-540-0580 or 800-724-5801 or email at ffradio for financial freedom, ffradio at comcast.net. And just a reminder, we do take your calls and your email in the order of which we receive them. So as always, if you have something that you want to be certain that uh, you and I discuss, uh, the sooner you call in, the greater the likelihood we will get to your call and or email. This is the this is the program on WHP that is a live program. This is the program where you can rest in the peace of knowing that I, as a 100% fee-only advisor, not fee-based, but fee-only advisor, have a fiduciary responsibility to provide you with information that I believe is truly in your best interest and you can let down your guard knowing that we sell nothing. So keep that in mind, whether you're watching television programs or you're listening to uh, infomercials uh, on radio, other radio shows, other television shows, attending seminars, whatever, Always, always make sure you understand how important it is that the advice and guidance that you receive is coming from somebody who has no products to sell you and is paid strictly and only, that's the key word, you want to hear and get in writing that the advisor is a 100% fee-only advisor as well as the firm that they work with. Otherwise, you are heading down a path loaded with potential conflicts of interest and ultimately, as I see almost weekly, ending up with products that are sold that often enrich the salesperson at the expense of the consumer. So we've been on the air here in central Pennsylvania going back for over 20 years, and it is my goal to continue 
to be your trusted resource for financial truths. So again, if you have anything you'd like to ask me, bounce off of me. You have me here for the next hour and time goes rather fast. Well, I'm sure you heard all about it. It was all over the front of the papers, the national papers, the local papers, all over the front of the news this past week. Um, it has been pronounced that the U.S. stock market has now reached its longest bull market ever as measured by the S&P 500 index. But is that accurate? Leave it to me to throw that t twist into it. And I'll share with you why I ask that in a second and why I personally uh, would say that it's not. And uh, I, again, will share with you why. But anyway, what you have he heard and what has been reported is accurate say that the S&P 500 index has gone over 3,453 days without a closing decline of 20% or more. This began when the market bottomed out in March of 2009, right after the Great Recession, right after that bear market, which began late in 2007, where we saw over the the uh, next year and a half, uh, October 2007, all the way down, all the way through 2008 and bottoming in March 2009, we saw a peak to trough decline in the S&P 500 index of approximately 55%. And that was the sharpest decline that we have seen since the Great Depression. How many people are happy right now about the fact that since then, when that market turned, and by the way, something that's eerily uh, of interest, the market actually bottomed out, that being the S&P 500 index, bottomed out in March, and at, at one point, it's low during the day when the market was open actually hit the low of 666. Isn't that a little eerie? <laughs> Since then, when it turned, the S&P has gone from 666 all the way up over 2,800. What a bull market. But how many people are actually happy? Well, let's talk about the people that aren't happy. The people that aren't happy are any of you or any of the people that you know, whether it be friends, neighbors, coworkers, etc., that chose, yes, it's a choice, which means it's your responsibility. You can blame no one else. The people that chose to sell during that down market in 2008 and 2000 nine who chose to sell at a loss relative to where the market was um, in 2007 those individuals and some of them maybe you took a pretty steep loss 
How many how many of you did not sell? How many of you did not panic out? How many of you had so much confidence in the investment portfolio and the process that guides it that you kept the faith and when everyone around you was saying this time it's different this time it's different which is the four most dangerous words in the world of investing how many of you replied with no this too shall pass well if you had a properly diversified portfolio in line with your goals and your objectives and you had the confidence and the wisdom to follow that process and to follow your plan and to be a disciplined investor, you have been handsomely rewarded again as the S&P 500 index went from 666 all the way now up over 2,800, over a 300% increase. But was is this really the longest bull market? And the reason why I ask that is if you go back just a few years to 2011 and you look at the six-month time period from May 2011 up to October 2011, there was a time during those six months there that the S&P 500 index was actually down 21%, which exceeds the definition of a bear market of 20%. But the key is the market did not close down 21%, and actually, I believe at its lowest, only closed 19.4%. So technically, by the definition of what they call a bull market run coming to an end, because that we did not see a 20% decline, market open to market close, we are being told that this is the longest bull market ever. And by the way, during that six-month time period from uh, May through October, the Russell 2000 actually had a decline of about 30%. So, Okay, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to discuss with me, we've got a lot that I want to talk about, but I would always, and I'm happy to hear from you, so do not be shy. You can reach me, 717-540-0580 or toll-free 800-724-5801, or you can shoot me an email, ffradio.comcast.net. We'll be right back. A lot of financial advisors won't want you to hear what we say. This is the financial show that represents you, not Wall Street. This is Financial Freedom with Tim Decker on WHP 580. Welcome back. Financial Freedom. My goal is to help you and encourage you and nudge you to do the things that you should do to ultimately enjoy the peace that comes with having your financial house in order and no longer having to worry about the ups and downs of what's going on in the financial markets, as well as having your estate plan in order, as well as having the different types of insurances you need, but also not having insurances that you do not need. And then also to encourage you to make every effort to be as tax-wise and as tax-smart as you can in the management of your 
portfolio always being in line with your personal goals and your objectives. Okay, you're going to hear, in fact, you have already been hearing, you're going to hear from uh, so-called market gurus, uh, market forecasters, uh, people uh, that, that are in the financial services industry making forecasts, trying to time this market. The theme that you're going to hear by many out there, again, whether it be in what you read, whether it be on the radio, what you're going to hear is, and many of you may be, be asking this, with the market being so high and having now run and become the longest bull market, that being the S&P 500 index, how much higher can it go? Should we take some of the chips off the table is what you're going to hear. Maybe you should move some of your money to cash. Maybe you should move some of your money to bonds because the market has been just going up and up and up and up. Well, as I just shared with you before the break, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, many of you may not even remember. And think about this. Ask yourself, do you remember as recent as February of this year that we had a normal, random correction, that being defined as a 10% decline? Do you even remember that? Now, that does not meet the technical definition of a bear market, which is from the market opening to the market close from the prior high, seeing a decline of 20% or more. But my point is, this run from March 9th of 2009 up until now has not been just a straight line up. And as I again mentioned before the break, during that time period in 2011, from May up through October, um, not only did the S&P have that intraday de decline from peak to trough of a roughly 21%, but the Russell 2000, which is comprised of predominantly smaller c company stocks, had a decline of about 30%. But regardless, what we do know, what we do know is that we will continue to have market corrections. We will continue in the future to have bear markets. But what we also know is no one, no one can reliably in advance predict when that's going to take place. And the great news is you don't need to. You don't need to worry about that if, and the emphasis there is on the if, if you are invested soundly and properly with a beautiful global diversified portfolio that provides you exposure to 10 to 12,000 companies all over the world in over 40 different countries, in many different types of industries and in line with your personal goals and objectives and intolerance for dealing with fluctuation, 
you always have some nice exposure to good old Uncle Sam through U.S. government bonds. I am such a fan of owning some U.S. government bonds in your portfolio, especially for monies that you anticipate that you may need to withdraw over the next five, seven, or, or even the next 10 years. Not only do U.S. government bonds help your portfolio hold up extremely well during inevitable, normal, unpredictable stock market declines, but many times they actually show some nice positive returns. If you go back and you look at the year 2008 and you look at a low-cost index fund that invests in U.S. government treasuries, you'll see an increase in 2008 as much as 10%, in some cases a little bit more. So imagine going through the next market decline, the next bear market, and you see your stock holdings going down and down and down, but then you look at your bond holdings if your bonds are very, very safe U.S. government bonds. How's it going to make you feel to see them not only holding up, but in most instances actually going up while the stock part of your portfolio is experiencing a normal, random, unpredictable, temporary decline? That is what can help you emotionally and practically get through those market declines. That's what can allow you to not have to worry about whether the market right now is at an all-time high. And it is. As of now, the S&P 500 index, the NASDAQ, which, are, which is comprised predominantly of technology stocks, and the Russell 2000, all three of those indexes are at all-time highs. So as you hear from the media and you hear on television programs and radio shows that maybe you should readjust your portfolio now that the markets have reached all-time highs, I'm here to tell you that's not the reason to ever adjust your portfolio. Doing such is a form of market timing. Wall Street and brokerage firms and financial advisors like to use a phrase called tactical allocation. It sounds so appealing, which is nothing more than market timing in disguise. It's a judgment. It's a speculation that because the markets are at all-time highs, that that means we need to tactically, it sounds so nice, we need to tactically readjust your allocations because surely the market must be, must be ready for a correction or possibly even a bear market next week, next month. But when you back up and you look at the evidence and one of my goals is to always bring to you the evidence to encourage you to do the right thing, not the easy thing, but the right thing. 
Let me share with you just a little bit of information that you can choose to write this down. You can choose to mentally make a note of this, but this can help you from being tempted to change any of your investments in an, in an attempt to time the, the market. When, when we go back and we look at the S&P 500 index, and this research is as a result from uh, or comes from Dimensional Fund Advisors, a institutional money management company that we work very closely with at our firm because of their ongoing academic research and uh, uh, their great money management. What we see here is if you look at the S&P 500 index and going back to 1926 up through 2017, whenever the markets have reached new highs, often within a year ahead, if you, if you look at a year ahead on average, the market was up 13.6%. If you look three years ahead after the S&P 500 had reached new highs, was up an average annual return of 9.8. And if you look five years ahead, it was up an average of 8.7%. So the evidence says just because the markets have reached new highs does not mean that the market knows that it's reached new highs and thus that it's going to go down. In many instances, the market will continue to make new highs. And as I've always said, for the long-term investor who has a portfolio that's in line with your goals and your objectives and, and, and you make sure that you have enough for your shorter-term and intermediate-term uh, objectives in either short-term or intermediate-term government bonds, for the stock part of your portfolio, the risk isn't being in the market during inevitable temporary declines. The risk is being out of the market as you watch it go up and up and up and you're sitting in cash. Okay, let's go to the break. We'll listen to the news. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. Would welcome uh, any thoughts or any questions you have. You can reach me at 717-540-0580 or 800 or shoot me an email live here, ffradio at comcast.net. I'm Tim Decker. And this is Financial Freedom. Hey, a lot of financial advisors won't want you to hear what we say. This is the financial show that represents you, not Wall Street. This is Financial Freedom with Tim Decker on WHP 580. Welcome back. Tim Decker here with you live. This is not a pre-recorded infomercial. We are here for you, and it's my pledge to do my very, very best to provide you with straightforward, unbiased advice, and I make every effort to provide you with advice and guidance that is evidence-based coming out of historical academia, peer-reviewed research. Peer-reviewed means that before an academic paper can be published, it is shared with many other 
academic peers who are able to uh, review it, uh, sign off on it, that the data and the information is accurate, and only after any adjustments have been mated and and it has passed through the peer review and there have been enough people that have endorsed the research as being accurate, is it able to be published? That is the type of research that we at our firm and I continually spend time educating ourselves with and from in an effort to be a conduit to share that information with you. And it's also the source of what we use to manage all of our clients' portfolios and assets. That is in contrast to the vast majority of what you will hear coming from most financial advisory firms and financial advisors. The most common methodology is a sales process practiced and learned in an effort to sell you certain products, to sell you certain types of methodologies using very convincing and peaceful sounding words such as guarantees, such as never having to worry about markets going down, and so forth and so forth. Or listening to advice from those who unfortunately will make an effort to lead you to believe that they and their research are able to identify what stocks are going to outperform the broad market, what industries are set to really do well in the current environment that we're in. All of that stuff that you hear on most other uh, financial shows, again, whether it be on television, whether it be on radio, wherever, and uh, what you don't hear much of is what Wall Street and brokerage firms and financial salespeople don't want you to hear, and that is the information that we do our very best to weekly bring forward to you to encourage you to rely on financial science and the evidence and don't rely on or don't get sucked in, sucked up into the hype and the hope and the speculation and the salesmanship of all these other types of uh, methodologies. Okay, I think we have a caller here. Let me just check. Uh, we have George from the West Shore. Hi, George. How are you, sir? And how can I help you? Mr. Tory, we have George. I think something's wrong with the phones. We'll bring you up, George, as soon as we get this back and working. Um, Aretha Franklin, unfortunately, passed on. Let me share with you from a financial perspective, if you have not heard something that is very sad that goes along with her passing. It's estimated she had an estate of about $80 million. It's estimated that due to her declining health, um, she knew 
and her family knew that it was inevitable that she was nearing the end of her life. But what we know is she had no will. She had no will. And we also know that people uh, in the entertainment industry like John Denver, who died in that plane crash, he didn't have a will either. But that was, not to excuse that, but that was an unexpected accident. What's puzzling to me is when somebody knows that they are nearing the end of their life, if that is not motivation to make sure that you get your will in order, my gosh, imagine the fighting that's going to take place amongst her heirs going after that estate. So I encourage you, as, as, as much as you may not like to, sit down with your financial advisor, make sure it's a fee-only financial advisor, have them help you put together the workings of your estate plan, and then make sure that you involve a good estate planning attorney to help you then draw up the documents and to work hand-in-hand as a team with your financial advisor so that you, because you love your loved ones and you don't want to leave them in a bind, you will thus take the time to get your estate planning in order. And again, that's one of the beauties of having a comprehensive financial plan. It not only addresses your investments and how how you should look at uh, setting up your por- portfolio. It not only looks at all your insurances and reviews those. It not only looks at some potential tax smart st- strategies, but it also should include going through the basics of a good estate plan. So don't leave your loved ones like Aretha Franklin did. That's just sad. Okay, let's try to go back to George. Uh, Tori, do we have George? We do. Hi, George. How are you? How can I help you, sir? Thank you for your patience. Uh, I had the question about what, uh, criteria would you use in deciding that you needed a financial uh, planner for assistance? When would you know that? Uh, how, ma- how much money should you have or assets or whatever? Okay. Um, I would say the amount of assets um, is not the issue, George. Uh, that can be one of the issues, but the main the main benefit of sitting down with a fee-only financial planner, even if it's just for an hour or two, is just to have them help you review where you're at, how things are set up, to kind of go through a checklist with you to, again, make sure that in line with your goals and your objectives that you have your money invested in a way that you're comfortable with but also is going to help you with your goals and objectives can also evaluate your current investments see if perhaps um, there are some ways that you can save on uh, much lower fees with lower cost investments they can look at uh, and review your insurances 
make sure you have what you need, but also I don't want you to have anything that you don't need uh, either. And then also just go through a brief discussion of your estate plan to make sure that you have things set up in the most efficient way that, you know, eventually when you do pass on that things are going to go to who you want it to or who you want uh, uh, uh not only it, but might be your favorite charities as well, but somebody that can help you just take a look at all of that. If it's, if it's done just on an hourly arrangement, it, it, you know, maybe just an hour of sitting down with, with a fee-only advisor who has nothing to sell you just so that you can get a second look of eyes uh, from somebody who you know has a legal responsibility to look out for you and and your wife. Um, I would say you have nothing to lose and the investment of a few hundred dollars for an hour or two of time can be invaluable. So that's what I would do. Okay, it sounds uh, good. Uh, to have a uh, professional look at your uh, situation and then make a recommendation is basically what you're saying. Right, but don't forget, most important, Make sure it is a 100% fee-only advisor. Otherwise, I'd rather you not even go and meet with someone when there is the possibility that they may lead you down the path and ultimately ending up wanting to sell you some things. You don't want that. Well, I've been listening to your program, and I appreciate your advice. And uh, a fee-only advisor sounds like a very good idea. Thank yeah, you. and if you go if you go to our website um, on the homepage there at the bottom, you can download for free a questionnaire that you can use to interview any financial advisor. Send it to them in advance and have them complete the answers in writing. Don't you don't want verbal answers? You want the answers in writing, and that will help you assure you and your family that you indeed are working with a one hundred percent fee only advisor i thank you for your call i wish you the very very best and uh and keep in touch will do okay bye-bye okay let's go to our last break when we come back we'll pick right back up uh would have time for one more call or email 717-540-0580 or 800-724-5801 or shoot me an email ffradio at comcast.net we'll be right back Providing you with the information and answers to gain your financial independence. This is Financial Freedom on WHP 580. All right, welcome back. Final segment. Financial Freedom. Um, It was in the news this week. Merrill Lynch docked $8.9 million dollars. Uh, says Bank of America's Merrill Lynch unit has agreed to pay $8.9 million to the Securities and Exchange Commission, allegations that it failed to disclose a conflict of interest to, con- to customers with hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. Um, another example and another reason why I emphasize so much how important it is for you to make sure, as I was sharing with George, that you are working with a 100% fee-only advisor. 
And if there were two things, two things that I would insist upon you that you require when working with a financial advisor or financial advisory firm, they are, number one, again, get something in writing that spells out and that they sign that they are 100% fee only. They, they receive no compensation, zero compensation for products that they might recommend, for products that they may sell you, that they get no kickbacks or fee sharing arrangements uh, for referring you to accountants or certain attorneys and that the only way, the only, and that's that powerful word, that's that powerful word only, the only way they are paid is by you and you alone. So that's the first thing, and and uh, make sure and ask them and read thoroughly their brochure called the ADV Part 2. ADV is abbreviation for advisor, ADV Part 2 brochure, because all fee-only and even fee-based advisors are required to have a ADV brochure. Make sure that they give you that. They are legally required to offer that. And if you will take the time to read through that, that spells out any and all uh, ways that they are compensated, any potential conflicts of interest, and that will go a long, long way. So that's the first thing. The second thing is once you have identified that the advisor or advisory firm is a 100% fee only, again, not fee-based, only, is only paid by you and no one else. The second thing that is very, very important is you want to make sure that the strategies and the philosophies that they are going to use are grounded in evidence-based investing in financial science. And unfortunately, the vast majority of financial advisors and financial advisory firms out there do not use that for the management of your monies. What does that mean in simple terms? What you want is an advisor, an advisory firm that makes no attempt to time the markets, makes no attempt to beat the markets by picking individual stocks or individual bonds or using money managers who do the same thing in an attempt to outperform the markets. Rather, you want to work with an advisory firm that does not try to pick individual stocks, does not try to outperform the markets through either market timing or believing that they have some way of determining what stocks are going to outperform, but instead you want a firm that will build for you a globally diversified portfolio of extremely low cost, passively managed, meaning there's no attempt to outperform the markets through market timing or security selection, and builds a portfolio for you using low cost index type of funds or better yet, institutional asset class funds 
that are low cost with no attempt to outsmart the markets, but instead harness the markets as evidence has shown is hands down the best way to significantly increase your odds of having a positive investment outcome. So those are the two things. Make sure they're a 100% fee-only advisor. Get their ADV brochure part two. Use that questionnaire that we have on our website. And then also make sure that they are a believer in and rely on financial science and evidence in helping you build beautiful, globally diversified portfolios of low-cost investments such as index funds. Well, that's it for this morning. I hope this was helpful. Remember, just because the markets reach new highs, that is not a reason to change how you are invested. Instead, develop a financial plan, follow your financial plan, tune out all the speculation out there, and do what you know is right and let everyone else do what they want to do. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be with you next week. Take care. Free.